the point after show. He's going savage. Run for your life. And that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave him the freaking game. In my opinion, that sucked. Uh, playoffs? What are talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. The Point After Show. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double chance does what the f*** he wants. The Point After Show. Spikes in hell. Spikes in peewee hell. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Eddie from The Point After Show. I'm here with Tommy Lipko, The Advantage, Polly Lipko. I'm back. And Cavi is getting ready for Florida. He's uh, dropping his dog off at somewhere, but yeah. he's not here tonight. Uh, we're going to do our best in his absence for uh, for tonight's show, but let's talk about... Well, hold on. What? I, I, we what? didn't get a chance to say what your nickname is, bud. I don't we, have a It was revealed at the last, you know, Rub Rock is out in the, with the old and in with the new. It's Daddy, everybody. Eddie Welcome Daddy Scarupa. I'm not going to respond. It's not official until you change your Twitter handle, though, but I'm just saying. <laughs> that's the Daddy. advantage. Yeah. Daddy fantasy football, something uh-huh. or other. Yeah. That's, that's definitely your team name this year. But March Madness is over. We got a winner. North Carolina. Great championship game. I guess it was great. Refs, uh, everyone's you know, talking badly about the refs. They did a bad job. But UNC pulled it off. We have a couple uh, fan favorite uh, friends of the show. Anthony Santana. Got to give... Uh, my boy props for his his uh, UNC uh, victory this 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 year. Also, we're gonna talk about Tony Romo retiring, becoming a CBS commentator. I didn't I didn't see that coming. I don't know. We can talk about that in a little bit. But my favorite part of the year, I'm a golf nut. The Masters, Masters week. I love this week. Probably my one of my favorite weeks of of the year uh, is Masters. But let's start let's start with uh, UNC. Uh, what you guys think of the game, Tom? Well, you said it was a great game. I, I just want to say, what a terrible display of shooting by both teams. You, you look at Gonzaga, finished the game, 20 for 59, shooting a little less than 40% from the field. And then you had North Carolina, who was 4 of 27 from the three-point line. They started the game 2 of 5 from the three-point line. So the rest of the game, they went 2 for 22. Then, you know, everybody wants to blame the refs, but come on. If, if they were making all these shots out there like these two teams normally do, then I'd say, okay, the refs had something to do with the outcome of this game. But, you know, with, with the terrible display of shooting, I think the McGavins could have put up some better numbers tonight. But that's just my take. I don't, I don't want to put too much blame on the ref. Everybody makes mistakes. So, Paul, what do you think? No, I agree. Um, the shooting was horrendous. Uh, Gonzaga shot under 34% from the field. North Carolina shot under 36% from the field. Um, just bad. Gonzaga, uh, like you said, North Carolina shot 14, a little, a little under 15% from three-point range, which was terrible. And there, there wasn't, you know, to the to your point, there wasn't a lot of turnovers in the game. Um, well, Gonzaga had a, a decent amount of turnovers, but North Carolina didn't turn the ball over. I think that's the reason that they that they held on to win this game. Um, nobody shot well. I do. Uh, I do think that Joel Berry um, was phenomenal in this game. I've loved him all tournament. Um, I, I, I think that uh, North Carolina deserved this win, and I think it was a lo- nice redemption from the heartbreaking loss they had last year in the championship. Yeah, the best team won. I think UNC by yeah. far was 
probably you know better than Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga, everyone talked they probably shouldn't have been a one seed right from the beginning. I think they proved them wrong. They did prove them wrong. Um, but still, UNC, they... You know the the, be- the best team won, and I do have to uh, say that I was a little disappointed at the the final score of the game. Me and Cavi, we were in a a, a, a bracket or a, a, a bracket, block, pool, block pool, a block pool. We had zero and five. That last free throw, that last foul, ah, uh, killed us. Little cash out. We could have we could have made some some loot, but we, you know, we have to sulk in our tears right now, but. Yeah, and I want to say uh, Kennedy Meeks had a great game. Uh, you know, Karnowski came into the season, into this game as, a, as an animal. And I, I don't like to put blame on these kids. They go out there and they give it their all. So definitely not putting any blame on anybody for losses here. But, you know, Karnowski struggled from the field. He was 1 of 8. Yeah, Thank God terrible. with the free throws. You know, he went 7 of 9. But all of them were right there within his range, his normal shots too. So Meeks just played some... Solid, solid D, bodied up against him, and kind of shut that aspect of the game down. And that may have been uh, North Carolina's plan going into this game. But definitely a great game. I enjoyed it. You guys enjoy it? It was national championship. Yeah, Charles I mean, Barkley had Gonzaga winning by double digits. Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> so, I mean, that just goes <clears throat> to show. But weeks ago, I mean... He, He's one of the best uh, sports commentators, especially for college basketball, Dick Vitale, Dickie V. He picked weeks ago that it was going to be Gonzaga in North Carolina in the finals and North Carolina was going to win. So, I mean, if you followed him, you know, who was that, whoever out there followed him and took his, his bracket, I'm sure you had a big payday as well. Yeah. And, you know, Nigel Goss, he, he uh, Williams Goss, he, he definitely kept Gonzaga in there uh, towards the end of the game. He had, the, what, I think their final eight points. Uh, he finished with 15 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. So, you know, he came out and he showed what he can do, especially on the big stage in front of, what was it, 70,000 fans there filling that arena. So, some game. Some quick, uh, some quick household stats here that uh, Tommy looked up for us. It's uh, North Carolina's 123rd NCAA tournament win, which is only one shy of, uh, of Big Blue Kentucky for all-time most. And uh, coaching in his 100th NCAA tournament game, Roy Williams became the sixth coach to win three national titles. So, some uh, some nice finds there, Tommy. Some 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 good uh, did you knows. Yeah, did you know? And are a lot of these players? I, I didn't do. This is just a question for you guys because I didn't do too much uh, research. But do North Carolina have a lot of players coming back? Like, is next year will they contend again? Do you know? I don't think that they're even uh, right now. Early projections for them. I didn't even see them in the top five for next year's early projections. Kentucky was up there. Duke was um, number one. Preseason last year. And you always say all the time, preseason yeah, ranks yeah. mean crap, they especially mean this far out. Well, let's be honest, guys. I mean, the the regular season ranks don't really mean that much because I mean, it's it's you see where they get you. At the end of the day, who's comes hot? down to it comes down to who's hot and mm-hmm. who who's who's willing to, to go the extra mile. Yeah. That's the one thing I'll say about this game. Like I felt like last night that I watched a lot of those players coming down the court towards the end when you know you have like. Two minutes left in the game. The game was the game was relatively close, right? I mean, oh, it was back and you forth. have you have mm-hmm. two minutes left in the game, and and I felt like there was a lot of players from Gonzaga, uh, and even some on North Carolina that were really just. I mean, they're probably exhausted and, and whatnot, but dogging it with two minutes to go in a national championship game. Some of these guys will never see this type of day in their life. I was kind of I was kind of surprised to see some of the guys that just really didn't put as, a lot of hustle down. The guys that were out there really hustling, though. Um, 
you know, that's that's what they do, and that's probably why they'll be at that next level. But there was a couple guys that were really dogging up and up and down that court, which yeah, was I know, surprising. I mean, I know there was some uh, some starters in foul trouble too, so maybe they didn't. Both wanna, teams, yeah, both yeah, teams are in foul trouble, so maybe they didn't want to play too aggressively. Just to, they didn't want to, you know, if it, if they're a senior or junior or going to the NBA draft next year, yeah. they didn't want to, uh, you know, end their season earlier than it it could have ended. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it was it was a good game. I wasn't surprised to see North Carolina pull it out. Um, I I think they, you know, they were the best team. I'm happy for the, uh, you know, North Carolina faithfuls. I think that, you know, they, like you said, Eddie, they were the better team. But I will not take anything away from uh, the Bulldogs and and all the Gonzaga faithful. Uh, Hey, who knew, you know, getting to a national championship for the first time in, in their School history, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I mean, good for them. I hope it continues to keep their program moving in the right direction, and I hope they, you know, they, they're they're pulling bigger and better recruits. And yeah, who and knows maybe, what the future has for maybe them? Maybe some other teams in their conference will start getting recruits just because, too. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Clay Gonzaga. Yeah, they have a, yeah. a schedule filler now. But you know, North. Kudos to North Carolina in this game. Uh, they showed you throughout this entire tournament that they are a team full of clutch players that come through at the end. You look early on, people thought they were going to lose to Arkansas, held them scoreless the last three minutes of the game, ended up coming back to win. They were down late in the game. Uh, Oregon, they came back to win. And again, uh, versus Gonzaga, they were down a lot of this game, and they came back to win. So, hey, when it's crunch time, North Carolina got it done, and, and they ended up getting themselves to the national championship and bringing home the title. So congrats to uh, the Tar Heel Nation. Yeah, I think that, that to your point, to you, I, I said this a, uh, a couple weeks ago. I think we were in the Sweet 16 talking about Oregon. And I said that, you know, teams that can, can find themselves down late in games and, and battle back to win, they get that they get over that adversity, and they, they, can, they can actually feel feel the fact that they get that confidence to back. I think it didn't do Gonzaga a, a, a just uh, any any good being in that bracket that they were in because I don't think that they got a, a ton of competition over there. Like I think North Carolina beating UCLA was pretty much, in my opinion, was like that confidence builder that they said, hey, we're absolutely going to win this whole damn thing. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt like that was the confidence builder. And then all those games that you just mentioned that they were down late, that they battled back to win – I mean, they had to feel like they were invincible. I think there was no team going to be good enough to beat them. So I agree, man. Congratulations and uh, great, great season. So yeah, congrats, uh, Tar Heel fan, Tar Heel Nation. I, I guess we can, uh, you know, move on to our, our next topic. Yeah, we beat that to death. Yeah, uh, Tony Romo was announced today that he's retiring from the NFL. Uh, Texans. I know that he he mentioned that Texans were on number one on his list for possible, um, you know. Uh, places to go but cbs obviously gave him a much bigger deal much better deal i don't know did the numbers come out about I don't how much think that money they, he's going to be getting more than what the texans offered or anything like i don't that, think that they uh, well here's the thing the texans didn't offer him anything because they couldn't because the, technically he was still, still with the he was still with the cowboys, cowboys. so oh, the yeah. cowboys oh, were they, trying to trade that's right nobody wanted to trade denver and uh and the texans openly came out yesterday and said we are not going to make a trade for romo so that I think that was like the nail in his coffin, and and I think he felt pretty much that he was trapped by the Cowboys. So he went with, um, you know, this this broadcasting gig. I don't blame him. Hey, man, if you're gonna give me enough money to stay healthy and and be able to have like a good way of life, but I will I'll be honest. There's two things that I see uh, happening potentially in this. Um, one is maybe CBS moves him over to doing golf. That would be awesome. 
He's a good golfer. He's a, he's a scratch golfer. He's amazing yeah. at golf. That doesn't mean you know a lot about golf. Yeah, but, well, you can kind play of. golf. You're an athlete. I mean, you, you know about Shaq. He plays golf really well, right? <laughs> yeah, and Charles uh, Barkley. Too but the other that. thing that I really think I think would be awesome to happen, I sent a tweet out about this earlier today. Uh, the Cowboys went ahead this afternoon and 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 dropped them. They 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 released them finally. Mm-hmm. They did a uh, they did a a, a post June release on him. So he's free to go to any team he wants. How awesome would it be now if the Texans kind of came in there and just pulled the ultimate scumbag move and was like, here's some money. It's just, nah. Why not? Because, one, he's probably going to be making pretty close to that money. Yeah, but you have a passion to play. Broadcast. You have a pl- passion Understood. to start in the but NFL. He's not done. Look at what Jerry Jones and the Cowboys organization did for him throughout you know, his injury season. Mm. They took care of the guy. Contract time took care of the guy again, even though he, they knew he had injury problems. You can't do that. Do you, you think that they, do, do you that. think that they took care of him in this situation? They held on and they could have released him a, a month ago and let those teams offer him some money. They held on to him hoping to get a trade and no. then he decided he had to take it upon himself to go do something else because he wasn't or they weren't getting think the trade. It was Jerry Jones protecting him nah, no, not at all. Let me finish. Okay. You don't know what I was about to say. Well, you said protecting him. I just... Protecting him because he knew that Tony Romo wouldn't get uh the money that he would expect out there in the market. So instead of just releasing him and making him look like a failure at the end of his career, no team would pay the money he wanted, he demanded, wouldn't get picked up maybe by the Browns and ride off into the sunset and have that be the end of his career. Or they held on to him, fielding those trades or the conversations from other teams, hey, drop him or we want him, or any of that interest that might give him another team to have a career with final what three, four years he would have, but you know, I think you're. Uh, I think you're giving Jerry Jones way too much credit. That's my opinion. I don't think Jerry Jones had that much care behind it. I thought Jerry Jones. I think Jerry Jones was looking for a legit trade, knowing the quarterback um, problems that are out there with a lot of teams. Felt like, hey, I have you know, I have an opportunity to get something for this guy. Why not try and get something? Why am I just going to release him? But I just don't think he got it, you know. And I, I, I think it's a shame. Yeah, you had that salary, but I, I, I also think that the other teams are, are are smart right now, and they're just not gonna. They, his injury, his injury problems, uh, and his back issues, and his shoulder, like all that stuff is well documented. You can't go and and you can't give him top dollar to to be your quarterback. With that being said, though, I would love to have seen him go to the Texans to see what he could do with with those weapons around him with a Lamar Miller with um with D hops like I would have liked to see them from a selfish fantasy football guy that just to see what those guys can can get them to the next level but I think I mean obviously you know Jerry Jones and Romo they have a weird relationship I think uh you know a little bit behind the scenes action there but um behind something but I think Romo, he, I'm sure he was included in a lot of these meetings, a lot of these conversations. So you kind of agreeing with me? Ed? I'm kind of agreeing with Tommy here because I think I, I think the organization was kind of behind Romo, looking for his best play, best options available. And then when nothing nothing happened, you know, CBS came and offered him a, probably a great, you know, contract or a great deal. And, you know, he's 37 years old. He's... Injury prone. Why not take the safe play? Tom Brady's older than him. Yeah, but Tom, Tom Brady, Brady had one injury. I'm just saying you can't use 37 years old as an excuse. I get the injury problems. No, but you're <laughs> but looking at no, no, no. You can use the age 
excuse because look at historically quarterbacks in the NFL. How they how, don't get to that. So you're pointing out. What one do you mean? Guy. How do you? Well, you're pointing to one guy. Tom Brady is older than a, a, a player can, of can his like, caliber. A player of his caliber can make it past 37 years old, man. Like much? people can yeah, say but, what they want about Romo. He is a, he is a starter in the NFL still right now. He is a starter in the NFL. Statistics and numbers so show. So how long? How old was Peyton Manning? He was, what, 39? 39. Okay, but again, that's two people. Statistics that's, show that people Big, have a fall-off Wasn't point. Big Ben thinking about retiring this year? He's like 34. Eh, yeah, but Big Ben Big Ben always thinks about retiring. He's a drama guy. He loves to hear people come to him and say, don't do it, man. Totally disagree I, with that. Well, but back to Tony Romo, uh, you know, this is why I'm basing some of that. Like, no one gives Romo a ton of credit. I understand he had his injury problems. But look, he has the Cowboys record for pass yards with 34,000. Um, he also has Cowboys record with uh, touchdowns, 248. You know, Aikman's 80 touchdowns behind him, give or take a few. So, I don't know. I, I agree. I think they were looking out for him. I, I, I don't th- What <clears throat> do you think he's a Hall of Famer? I don't think they. I don't think no. I think his injuries are going to keep him from Hall of Fame. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying he is still a starter in the NFL. 100. He would get a starting job on a lot of teams in the NFL. I I disagree with the whole Jerry Jones was looking out for him because if it was that close or he was looking out for him, then I I don't I don't think that Dak would have gotten that job last year to even have the opportunity to win the whole thing off of him to begin with. I think he would have just put him right back in that spot. You couldn't though. There was too much media hype, controversy, talking <clears throat> about it before that. Opportunity even presented. Uh, but my point being is, if he cared that much about him, he would have just done that. But he didn't. It's Jerry Jones is about the business. He's about the game, and he understood that if you have a guy like that, you're not just going to let him go to anybody. Nah. You know, especially like somebody that you know could be competitive to you. Nah. If if Tony Romo went to Jerry Jones and said, "I want my release," he'd be like, "Okay." I read reports where I'm just saying I read reports where. They haven't talked to Romo. Romo hasn't been in any type of like conversation for the last month with the Cowboys as far as what's going on with his career. Yeah, because they probably said, hey, uh, Romo, we'll call you whenever we get a call for some interest. A month later, we got a call from CBS. You want to go be a sports broadcaster? I'm sure his agent's taking care of all that. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the Cowboys, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, they texted him. Yeah. No, but uh, I, I mean... Romo, if your CBS commentator commentator job doesn't work out, we have a, a spot open here at the PAS. Oh, the Point After Show would love to have him on. Yeah, I mean, we probably can't, you know, offer the salary that CBS is offering you. But what I will say is, I free would, beer and scotch. I am looking for yeah, and you know, with your injuries, you probably you probably could use a lot of that scotch. And we have a street pharmacist down the road. So <laughs> it's perfect for you. <laughs> what I would say this is um, the fact that he's taking over for Phil Sims, in my opinion, is awesome because I just kind of was about done with Phil Sims for the last he couple was kind of years. Kind of dud, wasn't he? Like, there's uh, nothing exci- oh, you've been there's saying that for years. Ex- but yeah. there's nothing exciting about. I just, him. I, it's just he's just he's so like, uh, I just I'm good with him being gone. But let's you know they always say the the grass isn't always greener. So who knows? We never heard Tony Romo in extended period of time in a broadcasting booth. So maybe he's just as bad or worse than Phil Sims. You know. So I know it wasn't part of the show um, originally. We didn't have this written into the show tonight. But let's really quick because we have a few extra minutes of this segment. Yeah. What do you guys think about like what's going on with Adrian Peterson's deal? Uh, bringing this out, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, trying to refresh it. Yeah. I, like I know, he, I know, he met with the Patriots. Um, there wasn't really much. I know he left there without a deal. I don't know what's going on. You know, agent to Patriot executives going back and forth. I'm not sure if they're trying to work anything out or what. But. So, do you think it's because of how much money that he quote unquote is is demanding? Do you think it's his age? Do you think it's a combination of both? Do you think he's just people just really don't see the value in him anymore? A little bit of everything, I think. I think it's age, injuries, 
fumble problem. You know, he's not the versatile catch the ball too much out of the backfield kind of guy, and that lucrative salary I'm sure he's demanding. You know, they'll they'll recoup some of that through jersey sales and concessions and beers and whatever. But here's I know earlier I said he was going to get a three year contract. I, I I really hope he does. What, fourteen million guarantee. Right now, Tommy's yeah. banking on him not getting signed at all. Well, <laughs> at that, this point. But this is what I think happens. Um, if he doesn't get signed before the season starts, within the next like, within a month after the draft, if he doesn't get signed by a team, I think he ends up free agent until there's a high ticket running back in the NFL from a team that gets injured. And a team signs him up for maybe like which is a almost year inevitable. Deal. I mean, you know, you see injuries every year. Could happen. Yeah, they and did you that. You see like a one-year deal, happens, like you know, three million dollars or something. So you think they can? All he those. can go. He can go like an Arian Foster type of style, where all of a sudden he just gets picked up by like you know a team late in the end of the off season kind of thing. Last year that's what happened, right? With with Arian Foster going to the cow or to the, the uh, to the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah. So you think something like that might happen? He didn't go there late. He was there. No, they picked him up. Arian Foster. Who? You said Arian Foster, right? Right. To the Dolphins. The Dolphins. They didn't draft him. No, no, but he was there in the off season. Right, right. He went. He went late in the end. The end of the almost towards the end of the like. Oh, I thought yeah. you were talking about during the actual season. No, no, no. I'm saying that they picked him up late in that off season piece, or um, you know, because I, I think I thought he was going to actually go unsigned completely. I thought he was done. Yeah. And in the Dolphins, which I guess looking back now, he probably should have, but. Uh, I think I think a couple maybe games. Adrian Peterson does that, but here's the thing: you got you also have Jamal Charles sitting out there. You got there's there's guys out there that that are younger. I, I'm, not younger. But here's my well, I, you asked you asked this question on Twitter. You had the Twitter poll out, and I answered and I said, on the right team, in my personal opinion, Adrian Peterson is still the most um, the most like deadly um, free agent running back on the market right now. He is still the most um, you know explosive. Threatening to to, I to say just explosive. be. I, why not? What do you, why not? The guy's been through a lot of injuries and he's old. He's not the most explosive. Here, I tell you this. I, I'm free agent left. You don't think he's more oh, explosive? Than, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. Okay, well, yeah, you didn't say that. Um, but yeah, definitely. I say, you put Adrian Peterson. Obviously, he's not going to go here, but you put him on the Cowboys with that offensive line. He has a 1500 yard season and 10 touchdowns, guaranteed. Okay. Um, you think? Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this question. You have a rookie running back. Let me ask you. I got. I got. I got. I got. I got a question for you guys. So let's just say, and this is a crazy hypothetical, but let's just say it happened, right? Let's say the Patriots, right? Yep. The Patriots sign Adrian Peterson, or the Patriots sign Jamal Charles. Which one's a better fit? Which one has has a better year? Well, hypothetical. everybody's healthy. Hypothetical. Everybody's healthy. Well, yeah, they're coming into the season. Consider better year because you know who's a better fit for that. But here's the thing: you could say who has a better, who has a better fantasy season, more touchdowns. Who has a better like, fantasy season? Again, if it's just touchdown based, like Legarrette Blunt's inflated stats because he had 18 touchdowns last year, um, you know, I think Adrian Peterson because he's that bruising running back in the red zone. But if you're looking at who's going to help the team. I would go Jamal Charles because they they like those small catchbacks. They like those small receivers run those little shallow routes, dink and dunk. And you add a Jamal Charles who catches out of the backfield, which they love. Look at James White. Well, I think that's you know, the reason that they Deion obviously Lewis. probably wouldn't go Jamal Charles. Just exactly that point. Then, well, because they already go. have two of those if, guys. But you're saying hypothetical yeah. healthy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't compare to Jamal Charles in the run game. 
those two guys that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you put one guy that could do the two jobs. By you're talking about Jamal. You're talking about Adrian Peterson having injury prone. Jamal Charles but, is. But what I said take out injuries. That's what you said. I said cool. hypothetical, no injuries. So yeah, I think Jamal Charles would be the best fit there with his receiving abilities out of the backfield. I think it would work perfect with Bill Belichick's offense. Uh, definitely. I'll help the team watch yeah. Jamal Charles, but most fantasy points based on touchdowns, I go Adrian I'll Peterson. Go, I'll go Adrian Peterson. i go Adrian Peterson, too, just because the, he already has um, James White, like you said, and then, um, what's his name? Uh, Deion Lewis. Deion so are Lewis, you guys yeah, saying yeah. help the team or best fantasy? Well, I said best fantasy. Best fantasy? Still, I think it. I think you can fill in that uh, LeGarrette Blunt role. But here's Maybe the, have 14 touchdowns next year. Well, yeah, yeah, Adrian Peterson. But yeah. here's the thing. You said you could have those other two guys fill in that, that, that void. Well, that's what they did this but year. But here's the thing, right? Well, so, Deion Lewis so didn't I'm come a, until I'm, last I'm defense, right? Oh, okay. Adrian Peterson's in. Chances are they're going to run. Oh, Deion Lewis is in. Chances are they're going to pass. So now I could prepare a little bit better based on your... your that's your, all they did last That's what So they you did throw last one year. guy in that does both. Now the defense is guess-guessing. Yeah, I just don't personally see... I don't personally see anything that right now to me that that warrants Jamal Charles being a threat. Like you he has hypothetical them both being healthy and well, back. they're both healthy. They're both healthy right now. Technically, they're both healthy right now. So I'm saying as healthy as they are. I'm not saying all of a sudden just forget all their injuries. I'm saying as healthy as they are right now, which one would be the better fit? But I also think that people can play, people can forget. Like Jamal Charles has been away from football even longer than Adrian Peterson has been. I mean, Jamal Charles has has played less in the last two years than Adrian Peterson has. Um, and so we we have no idea how how good Jamal Charles really is still right now. Dead, man. Jamal, well, I was I'm saying last year's draft yeah. that sucked. People, I mean Jamal Charles was drafted in the second round. Third I round. traded for Jamal Charles. I can't I wait to Legarrette Blunt for Jamal Charles in like week three. I can't wait to can next week. We can next week be our our episode. Where we just start draft. Let's just start breaking. Let's just start breaking into fantasy football. Even if we next just week. talk about it for like fifteen minutes. Yeah. Nah, we just need to start getting into fantasy football because <laughs> I'm getting the I'm getting the I'm getting the itch oh, like oh, FF advantage over. Oh, I'm getting I'm getting the itch like I'm back at being outlaw. I feel like I'm a freshman in high school after a keg party. I'm getting such an itch. I think we beat Romo just like Jerry Jones did. Actually, we got off of Romo with Peterson. Yeah, we did. But so we're gonna break into the Masters next. We have a you know a friend of the friend of the show, Carm Spaglia, winners calling in to give us uh, his intake, his uh, you know sleepers picks that you guys might need to if you're filling out a, a pool for the Masters or uh, doing any kind of daily fantasy lineups. So we're gonna give him a call in a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's what we're gonna talk about next. So stay tuned. All right, so we're talking Masters. Masters week. I love this week. This is my favorite week of golf. Favorite week of the year, possibly. Would you say this Besides, is the... Uh, would you up. say that the Masters is the Mac Daddy of all Ooh, golf tournaments? I would say it's the Mac Daddy. It is the... How about... Just the Daddy? Uh, does this warrant <laughs> the old intro of Master Bader? I wish. We have to get Cavi back on uh, the, uh, back the producing on that one for this oh, one, yeah. for sure. But, no, I mean, Masters Week, we have a lot of talk about here. I mean, this is probably our biggest segment of the show tonight. Uh, we have Carmine Spaglia Winners, who's a scratch golfer at Skyline Golf Club and uh, Resort back up in uh, northeastern PA. Uh, number one golfer from the Carbonell area 2003-2004 golf team. He's hey. on the line. Ed, off your knees here, all right? <laughs> so, go ahead, Carm. Jeez. Carm, say what's up, buddy. The club pro. <laughs> I'm just laughing. That was, that was a great intro, man. Thanks. No problem. So uh, let's get into it. What uh, I know we have some some big names to talk about. Tiger's not playing, which, you know, we kind of expected. But um, 
I guess we'll we'll talk. We'll we'll get your uh, winning pick at the end. But uh, anybody that you like that might not be in you know like the top five, top six, any sleeper picks uh, you know that you like going going into the Masters week. Well, uh, let me let me preface by saying I, I share the same thoughts with you on Masters Week. I absolutely love it. It's something I look forward to every year. You know, I think it's something to do with, like, you know, you're familiar with the course, and it's like, you know, the, you have the kind of the atmosphere that everybody looks forward to, and they're either a golf fan or even, like, a semi-golf fan. Even my wife gets excited for the Masters, and she doesn't really care about any golf tournament. So Good for you, I think it's there's, Yeah. I, there's a lot of excitement built around the Masters, so we look forward to it. I've been like, studying some different things where there's a few different kind of, you know, unique pools going on. So if I'm looking at like a sleeper pick who's not necessarily in the top five, a couple guys stand out to me. I think you got to look at somebody like Brant Snedeker. Guy's got a great putter. One of the things that you got, you know, that it takes to win the Masters and it's been proven over time is you really got to bring the putter that week. And he's one of those guys that if he gets the putter going, he can get really hot. Uh, so he, he's kind of a guy that I would look at as a sleeper. Um, Louis Oosthuizen, not coming in playing his best. He always seems to be hanging around during the week. Again, gets his putter going. He's got an unbelievably perfect swing. I like him too. Um, somebody like Matt Kuchar. Guy hasn't won a major. Solid swing. Doesn't hit it a mile, but he's always in the fairway. His putter can get rolling. So those are three guys that I would look at as, you know, maybe not necessarily on the back of the pack. But they're not necessarily, you know, they don't have the spotlight shining on them like some of the other guys do. Yeah, it's like like mid tier sleepers. That yeah, yeah, they're like mid tier sleeper guys that you know they have names. You know, Ustazen's a former major winner, but they're not necessarily coming in, you know, blazing hot like like Dustin Johnson, for example. And and I did see the weather report. It's supposed to be windy in the afternoons both days, like wind gusts up to thirty miles an hour. So I guess. That takes, you know, like the high ball hitters, uh, you know, some of them might get a little bit of a setback because of that. So you have to, maybe even like a Zach Johnson who knows how to, you know, the short game guys who, you know, play the course well. Uh, I think he could be a sleeper if, if the weather doesn't, you know, um, you know, it, it's not as ideal as some might hope. Um but yeah, I like those picks. I think another guy that um, I thought you would mention, but maybe not, Justin Rose. I think he's he he has the form to possibly contend here. Yeah, I mean, he he was one of those guys too that you have to look at. But he's he's also like maybe a, maybe somebody who's in the top ten or something that you would. Yeah, look I, at I wouldn't at, think at he's a sleeper no, pick. No. Eddie's over here sleeping. Um, <laughs> you know, one guy I would talk about, and Carm, you you have it dead on here with the 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 speed of the greens in Augusta. You have to have that putting. Uh, and the guy won last week. I'd picked him, Russell Henley. You look, he's he is uh, sixth uh, in putting. Uh, strokes gained with putting. So he, he could be another one of those sleepers that actually... I, I'm not saying he's going to win, but he he may be up there in, in, in the conversations on Saturday. And no Saturday one's talking about him. I mean, obviously, he, he just won last week, so that's why he got in this week. He wouldn't have been playing in the Masters if he didn't win last week, so... Um, Has he like, ever played Augusta before? He did play Augusta. He, I think, he finished uh, in like around 14th uh, in like 2012 or 2013. But he hasn't played the last yeah, few he, years. He has played in the tournament before. I think that's a good point. You know, and, and you guys know this. You know, even though we're you know a bunch of hackers on the weekends, if you're playing well uh, and mentally you're you know you're, you're equipped to play well, you're going to play better. So he's riding high, coming in off a win. I think he had something like 11 of 17 holes. Last week he made birdie. I mean, he just came in 
like crazy um, and won the tournament you know so he's in uh that's a great stat to pull up you know because you do need the putter to win at augusta the only guy who's an outlier for me that's one and he's won multiple times who's not a great putter at you know at any course really is is bubba watson um surprising to me when you look back and you say wow this guy's got two green jackets and he's a you know mediocre at best putter um but he you know during those weeks he, he just hit it so much farther and better than everybody else he made putts just based on proximity to where he was hitting it to the hole you know he, he you're bound to make some birdies when you're you know reaching all the par fives and two and and your wedge game is on but uh outside of that i think i think henley would be a really good sleeper pick because last time i looked i think he was something around 100 to one odds that'd be you know that's a, that's somebody who you look at as or the, the bottom or the middle of the pack um and coming in off a win that's that's a really nice pick tom yep yeah and you know with the shell houston open they, I know weather there wasn't the greatest, but they they said they were trying to get course conditions somewhat similar to Augusta. Um, unfortunately, the weather didn't apply. Mother Nature, she was acting like a little crazed dog out there. And uh, but yeah, like you said, Henley ended up coming through, getting the victory. So that that that's where I'm going with that. You know, there's a couple other guys down there. I like Jimmy Furyk. He always plays well. Can compete. You never know what you're gonna get. Usually, beginning of the year, he plays a lot better. And you know, we're only in April, so. I'd like to throw him out there too, Paul. Who do you got? Speak. Oh, go ahead, Carm. Well, I was just thinking. You just brought up Furyk, and uh, talk about some old heads. He's he's one of those guys now that we can look at as as kind of an old head that might compete this week. I know a lot of the a lot of those people like to uh, jump all over Freddie Couples in this tournament as kind of the old head favorite. He's a fan favorite, but we also got to look at some of the older guys who. Uh, who, who could possibly make a run? What do you guys think? Who, anybody out there besides uh, Jimmy Furyk or Freddie Couples that, that could really step their game up this week and, and surprise people from the back of the pack? Um, well, I, I actually I, I know that Ed was going to talk on that about a little bit, but I actually did have Jim Furyk as my uh, quote unquote old head that can make some run because I do still yeah. consider I do consider him a guy that's you know he's been around the game for a long time. He's not one of these young guys, so I do have Jim Furyk as as my older guy. I'll go back to Eddie's original question of, um, you know, who are the, you know, the, the, the guys that, you know, could make a little bit of noise. And uh, the three guys I like probably would be, uh, I think Lee Westwood is playing really, really well. I think he could play. He could play uh, well in in Augusta. Uh, Jason Duffner has been playing really good this this year, and uh, Charlie Hoffman, uh, the ugliest player probably to play in the in the PGA. But I, <laughs> I, I like. I'm not a kidding. He looks like Rocky Dennis uh, had a bad day, but I love him, man. I, I think he's. Uh, I, I think I do too. I love Charlie Hoffman. I think that uh, I would. I, if I picked Charlie Hoffman, I would hope that um, that they decided not to show him on TV most of the day. Just I'd have to watch him. On like on PGAtour.com, and he does play well here. And two two deep sleepers. Well, not maybe one's not deep, but I like deep. Kevin. I like Kevin Kisner. He's been playing well. And uh, my uh, daily fantasy. I think this is gonna be my deepest sleeper, Ross Fisher. Uh, he's yeah, he's I like from, that ticket. He's from uh, he's from Europe, but his last three events in the United States, uh, the last two WGC events, he was. He finished third in Mexico and fifth in match play, and before that, he was a fifth in some some tournament and back in like uh, January or you know uh, December or something like that. But he's coming in hot. I think he's like third or fourth in the the scoring over there in Europe, uh, and he's you know he's pretty low on the list. So that's that's my sleeper uh, pick there too. Talking about the old heads, I'm going with Big Bernie. 
back in the group seven. He he always contends. He dominates the senior league. Bernhard Lager? Yeah. Uh, dominates the senior league. I definitely think I think he made some noise in a, a major last year. And if you if you're looking for one of the really major. I think he finished was like it, top, yeah. top fifteen or something like that last he, year. And 20. he was competing going into the weekend. So, you know, hey, I'm, yep. I'm he could putt too, so Speaking of putts, oh, yeah. what is uh, what's Ernie L's over under on total putts on hole number one he plays uh-huh. this year? <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what he six putt or something? Uh, he he uh, four putted yeah, from yeah. a foot and a half at least. Uh, disgusting. <laughs> I think he seven putted. I think that's what it was. It was, was, it, it was a seven. It, it was. A, it might have been it seven. Six, it was a train seven, wreck yeah. either way. It looked uh, like uh, Eddie at Deer Valley on a Sunday. So so uh, <laughs> so so Spags, who did you take as your deep deepest sleeper? Uh, well, I, I want to want to also back up and say how how could we be so disrespectful to last year's defending champion who's at one twenty five to one odds to win this Willard? tournament and we didn't even talk about him? Yeah, Danny Willard. He won last year. We don't even we didn't even talk about him as a potential sleeper. Now, keep in mind, I still think he's on the honeymoon phase from last year's win. He's done nothing since then. But I mean, you got to think this guy's got a you know he's coming back as a defending champ. He he might have an opportunity to win, and he's kind he's. He's like middle of the pack guy right now. Yeah, you put uh, five five bucks on that one twenty five odds. Eddie would put yeah, a, like a dollar fifty on it. If I'm going my, you know, if I'm going deepest odds. I think I got. I think I got to go with Bernard Longer, five hundred to one odds. I think he's probably the the deepest shot I go, just because. You know, he does dominate the senior tour, and, and uh, he's proven time and time again that he can still compete with the younger guys, especially at, at Augusta. He really makes a run every year. So at 500-1, to 1, he's probably the deepest I would go in the field. Carmer, are you just following my lead here? Because I said uh, before, I said, you know, my man Jimmy Furyk. You said Jimmy Furyk. I go Bernie. You yeah. go Bernie. I know. We were texting earlier at lunch. Carmen and I had coordinated already. <laughs> my, uh, so I'm going to go with my deep sleeper, and the only reason I'm going with him, this is completely ludicrous, but I love it anyway. I'm going to go with my man, Willie McGirt, because it is the greatest name on tour. I love the McGirt. Yeah. McGirt is just an awesome name. Uh, there should be, a, there should be like, our, our fantasy football trophy should be called the McGirt uh, going <laughs> forward, because that's how great that name is. So I'm going to go Willie, uh, big Willie McGirt, with my long, long odds. What do you got, e? uh, I'm going to go Steve Stricker. He He's, can putt. Yeah, he can putt. He used to teach Tiger Woods oh, how to man. putt. And in yeah. uh, th- the last two senior events that he played, uh, tied for second and third solo. So those are the, the last, I think, two out of the last three weeks headed into the Masters. So he's playing. I mean, I know it's, you know, senior tour is no Augusta, but he's putting well, playing well, so... You never know. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to think that, like, you know, we're, we're talking about these guys, and it's like, yeah, Steve Stricker. Oh yeah, he's on the senior tour now. It's like you kind of you kind of forget that that he's that old. But yeah, well, the that's, only that's thing that makes me do uh, that makes me feel pretty freaking old. That's <laughs> also it. True. You know, it's uh, oh. Steve I just can't Stricker? wait. I just can't wait for Filthy to get there already because he needs to just get over to that senior side. No. Nah. Hang, 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 hang up the PGA Tour cleats. He brother. won't do that for like six years. It's because he has too yeah, much pride. He'll be hanging around until he can't play anymore. I mean, he. he, he right that now, was like two right, years ago. 
Right now, he's ranked in the top five odds to win this tournament. He's not hanging up anytime soon. Yeah. No. Yeah, and, and he has a great chance. He's he's playing well this year. I know last week he didn't have his best showing. but I bet he doesn't even make the cut. No, he'll make the cut. He, didn't, he missed the cut last year. Yeah, uh, He's going to miss the cut again. He plays terrible in Augusta. No, he doesn't. He won he's, his free time. How do you say he plays terrible? <laughs> oh, how long ago was that? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Though. It doesn't matter. Was when yeah, okay, that's left. six years ago. That's like you playing fantasy football. You won it ten years ago. You still yeah. suck. All right. <laughs> you know? All right. Uh, okay, so top-tier player. Yep. Who do you like in Spags? You know, big, big, <sighs> big, big four, big five. We'll even include a Hideki Matsuyama in it. We got Jordan Spieth, Rory, Dustin, Jason Day, Hideki. If you want to include Ricky too, you can do that because he's been playing awesome. Ricky has been playing awesome. Unfortunately, I don't think Ricky can close his car door, so he's gonna have a problem <laughs> finishing out on Sunday. Uh, Here's the thing. I don't want to sound really cliche and be like, yeah, he's the favorite, so it's so easy to pick him. But, I mean, really, I mean, how are we going to sit here and say that Dustin Johnson is not is not going to win this tournament? He's coming in. He's won his last three starts. He's playing the best of anybody in the world. He's hitting it farther. He's hitting it closer. He's, you know, if he gets his putter going, which, again, that's the only knock on Dustin Johnson is, well, I'm not a mediocre putter, but the guy's hitting it so close to the hole, he's a professional player. He's going to make some putts. So, I think if I if I'm making a, a poll of who I have to you know who I have to pick in this tournament to win, it's got to be Dustin Johnson. I, I mean, like I said, I don't mean to sound like you're just jumping on the favor, but hard to argue against it at this point the way he's been playing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, buddy. I uh, I have Dustin Johnson winning the whole thing, and for every reason that you just said, the guy is just right now he is unconscious. He uh, he's playing good. Paulina's just taking care of business playing at home. Good. Um, you know, he's, he's, you know, he got off the smack and, uh, he's just crushing the ball right now. He's, he's, I just don't see how you can, you can bet against this guy right now. He's just, I think this is his time. He has never won a masters, right? If if I'm not mistaken. No, no. So this is one of the, this is one of, this is one of the only majors he hasn't won left. All right. That's he, he's, I think he's due. I think he's playing so good. And and he took last week off for good reason to kind of just get himself mentally right. And. I just see him blowing the field out. I think he wins by three strokes. Blow. And I think he, uh, last two years, I think he finished sixth and fourth or vice versa. So, I mean, he's right up there. I mean, he's you know he's going to finish. If he doesn't win, he's going to finish top three. Me, yeah. personally, I'm going with Rory's going to win it this year. He finally gets the Grand Slam of golf. Gets that Masters tour, uh, championship that's been eluding him for his entire career. I think his best finish there was fourth back in 2015. And I think this is the year he actually seals the deal, gets it done. He, he's another one of those guys that hits it long off the tee. He has every shot in the bag. And if he could get that putter rolling this weekend, the field needs to look out because he could close this thing by, That's all he needs. by four or if five he, strokes. If he makes some putts, he's got this tournament, I think. But I'm going to go against all you guys and say I think this course is just meant for Jordan Spieth. Um, he hasn't been playing the greatest but his three masters that he's ever played, second, first, second, I don't know how you can bet against this guy. I, I know Dustin's been playing great, but I think this course is just built for Jor- Jordan Spieth and his, his style of play. I think it's a mental yeah. game, and that's my reasoning for not going with him. I think it's a mental game, and the fact that he has not been playing well, I think he's in his own head, and I don't think this is the tournament that you get out of that funk. Yes, I, I agree with you. He plays phenomenal there the last three years. But 
going into each of those tournaments, he was already playing well. This year, he hasn't been playing well. The end of last year, he wasn't playing well. Um, I think that mentally, he's he's not going to be good in this tournament. I, you know, for your sake, Eddie, I hope I'm wrong. I just think that when you go from a guy that's playing really, really good and confident like Dustin Johnson, it's hard to go against him. All right, Spags, Spags last question. I'm throwing oh, – go ahead. Well, hold on, yeah, let him go. I, oh, yeah. well, well, I was going to kind of agree with Paul there. One thing I read uh, recently, you know, there was a, a lot of interviews with Spieth, obviously, you know, last year, you know, the final round, he steps onto the 12th tee. He's got a three-shot lead at the time, you know, makes a seven, and – Next thing you know, he, you know, he loses the tournament in kind of a dramatic fashion. I think I saw a lot of interviews regarding that. They were asking him, you know, how do you, you know, how do you bounce back from last year, blah blah blah. And a lot of the things of what he said, and he said this as a direct quote, was, "I'll let you know when I, I do." Win, whether I win, whether I finish thirtieth, whether I miss the cut, whatever, he said the Masters, the hangover of that last one year. All I can tell you is I'm just looking forward to this tournament being over, whether I win, lose, or draw. So in my opinion, it's kind of like I don't know that he's mentally ready. I think he's looking past this tournament because he just wants this last year's 12th hole to just kind of be over with and done. So that's the only reason that I would bet against Spieth because you're right, Ed. I mean, statistically, how do you root against a guy that, that's been in the top three every time he's played the tournament? So go ahead, Ed. What's your final question? Well, hold on. Let me let me just touch yeah. on that real quick. Is is I want to say this is – there's never been anybody that statistically played throughout a career what he has done the last three years, right? You're saying a first and two seconds, right? That's what you said. Yeah. He's not yep. going to average that throughout his career. So there has to be some bad years in there. I understand this course plays well to his game, and he plays well to this course. But I think... You know, he's he definitely has a few letdowns in his career at this course. He's not going to finish first or second every single year. Uh, so I think this is one of his down years. I, I think the course setup is going to be a little tough for him. And as uh, Paul said earlier, he hasn't been playing that well. And, and Carm, like you pointed out, and mentally is he there? I, I just have to disagree with Ed on this and, and kind of agree with you guys. I don't think he's mentally there, and he's not playing as well as he has in years past. So, so. Uh, we didn't even talk. We didn't talk. Nobody touched on on Jason Day. What, what do you guys think about him right now? I think like you know he just he he withdrew himself from the last tournament. He was having some some family issues. I know his mom was pretty sick. You know he's still a top five contender as far as the odds to win this tournament. Do you think he has any shot at this? And no one's talking about him. I know. I think his mom is doing better. Yeah. Um, he's a he's another one though that hasn't been playing well. He really hasn't been playing well, and I think again, it's golf is a mental sport, and when you're playing well and you have the confidence, you you continue to play well. When you're playing bad, it's hard to get out of those slumps. It's an emotional sport too. So if you know, with his with his mom being sick and everything, maybe he's gonna go out and win this. You see some tears at the end. Say this is for his mom. I, I he's been he's a great golfer. He was number one in the world for how long? Mm-hmm. Not too long, yeah. but you know, he was number one in the world. Uh-huh. I know. So he has a chance. Tough, tough. I definitely think. Oh, yeah, he definitely, definitely has the game. To, he definitely has the game to do it. It's whether or not he can, you know, keep all that other stuff in the back of his head for four days. My my two picks. So I'm still going with Dustin Johnson, and I do think that I'd like to see if Dustin doesn't win. I'd like to see uh, Matsuyama win um, a major. Matsy. That's my two guys. Yeah. What's your last question there, E Dog? Oh, Carl. I, I mean, just, Daddy. I, I just thought of this when I was looking at the uh, the, the sheet here. We got first timers. I know that they don't statistically and historically do well at Augusta, yeah. but you know there's a couple great 
players this year. Hadwin, um, Terrell Hatton. Um, who's I know who I like. There's, there's another couple guys. Tommy Fleetwood. There's a, there's there's good guys that are that never played here. That have never played here. Who do you who do you who do you think will you know be the best uh, first timer? I like I like my man. He's he's coming in hot. He's a rookie at Augusta. My man Romstein, John Rom. I love him. I think he's playing great. He's got a lot of confidence. Uh, he hits the ball an absolute mile. Uh, he's a, he's got a great short game. He's got all the tools. I think Rom is is going to make some noise here and surprise some people for the first time at the, at Augusta. I how can you go against that right now? He's playing real hot. Mm-hmm. I like the pick too. I I was my my pick. I I don't disagree with Rom being a, a great pick. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Hatton though. I think Hatton's been playing great too. So I think they can go you know back and forth. I think that they're they're making for good golf these young kids. Um, and quite honestly, I would not be surprised if either of these those two guys were at the top of the leaderboard or close to the top of the leaderboard um, come the weekend. Yep. Yeah, and I you know. Both of those guys are great. I mean, Rom, what did he finish second to Dustin? He lost one yeah. up, one up to yeah. Dustin. Oh, he made a, uh, he made that into a match. He <clears> was getting <throat> pounded early, and and then came back and made it a, a slugfest. And Hatton, I think he finished in the top ten in the in his last like six events. He's been playing great. Adam Hadwin, he just won two weeks ago, which got him into this. He had actually pushed back his honeymoon because him and his wife got married last week. So, I bet his wife was pissed. <laughs> Probably. They were supposed to go to, yeah. like, Bora Bora. Uh, and uh, now, now she's sitting in Augusta, Florida. She's Bora Bora. She's getting those $1.50 egg salad sandwiches. No. I bet you if he uh, wins it, she's going to be okay with it. Uh, but I think I think he has the mental game, too. I think he, I think he's, like, third in putting or something like that, or fourth in putting. So I think he has a, he has the game to do it, too. But uh, that's that's my pick. Adam Hadwin, I think he's going to finish top 15. I think so. I think he's going to make a run, too, and I like it. Uh, but... All right, Spags, thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, buddy. It was a pleasure having you on. That's our uh, Masters. Always enjoy it, guys. If, uh, I'm sure we'll be, uh, we'll be talking about it live via text on Sunday, and uh, we'll look forward to talking about it afterwards. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Carmine, our Masters debater. Thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, that was our uh, Masters segment. Uh, that's basically all we have for you tonight. Uh, this week, catch us next week when we post uh, another podcast and cash is outside. Cash is outside. We'll I think we get into fantasy football next week. I say so too. I think Let's we start. It. It's time. We're in April. The, fa- March, the, the NFL March. draft is at the end of this month. It's time to to get into fantasy football. March for our Madness listeners. is over. The Masters is over. I mean, I know we can talk about the U.S. Open in a couple months, but or a, a month or so. But tell all your friends we're getting into the fantasy football time. Next week. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, actually, our statistician contributor, Taylor Scrignoli. I got his name down path now. Boom. Um, he gives us the statistical rankings every week. Uh, I posted an article on thepointaftershow.com. Check it out. It gives us our top, or gives you top 25 player rankings for Daily Fantasy Golf. And uh, if you're any uh, you know, master's pools, check that out as well. Also, you know, he's got NASCAR. You guys have articles. You update your... Uh, my top 100, my top tier quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end. We're going to get into all that next week. And yeah. if you're looking to lose a fantasy championship or not even make it there, follow Paul's stuff. Sure. And follow Absolutely. us on Twitter at pointaftershow.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. What are you on Twitter, E? I'm at 
Eddie underscore the PAS. Tom, what are you? I'm at TLIP underscore the PAS advantage. The FF advantage. And Cavi is at Producer Cavi. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Subscribe to us, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. And as always, if you made it this far, thank you. Later.